As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Culture is the culture. It's four to six A to B, competitive excellence, and the brotherhood. Uh, the plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State. All right, we're back with another episode of Four to Six with A and B, your Ohio State podcast on the Athletic. And we're not, you know, the, the sirens on on here. It's not. We're not in pure emergency podcast territory, but some stuff's happening. And we thought it was prudent for myself, Bill Landis, and Ari Wasserman to get back on the microphone here and talk a little bit what's, about what's going on with Ohio State, what's going on with the Big Ten. It's uh, been kind of a weird uh, 48 hours. Ohio State shut down voluntary workouts because of a spike in positive COVID-19 testing. We'll talk a little bit about, little bit about that. Uh, the big news on Thursday was uh, that Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten will be playing only conference games in the fall, assuming that there is a fall in 2020. And also, uh, not related to Ohio State at all, I had to postpone my wedding because we're in the middle of a pandemic and shit happens. So, uh, you know, it's affecting everybody. I got a beer. We're good to go. Ari, how you feeling? You know, I'm, I'm not wearing a shirt right now. And I was out in the pool and I was reading everything uh, from my phone uh, poolside. And Landison was telling me about his wedding and... I felt pretty terrible about it. I feel good that I saved a few hundred bucks for a wedding gift, but I do uh, hope that that gets resolved. Um, and it's just a, a pretty crappy time, you know. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like it just, it's just tough, you know. And it's it's not just affecting college football people; it's affecting all of our lives too. And you know, it's just a weird time. And I, and every single day that goes by, it's changing ever ever. Ever so much more. So um, I'm happy that we're doing this. And sorry about your wedding, man. Uh, I hope your relationship is still good. Yeah, yeah. You're not using this as a guise to. <laughs> I had to text people and say the having w- some personal problems. I had to text everyone and say the wedding's off. But then I had to say like it's like we're still together. Like we're not we're not we didn't decide to break up. We just decided to not have a wedding. But uh, you know we'll we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll do it next summer. 
not too bummed out about it actually i think it's probably for the best but listen uh there's some serious stuff happening this was not going to be like a solely serious kind of somber deal we're doing here i think we're going to try to have a little bit of fun with the news that came out about the conference only schedule and, and maybe talk about what college football might look like if it happens in the fall or happens in the spring too but Ari, let, let's talk about the the news at hand first this this decision coming down from the big 10 on thursday and, and maybe some other leagues will follow uh about playing conference only games in 2020 and we don't know when it's going to start we don't know how many it's going to be we don't know who ohio state's going to play all we know is that if they play in the fall their schedule is going to look drastically different than what we expected it to be and it'll be only big 10 opponents so when you heard this, I, I can't imagine you were surprised. I wasn't surprised either. I think we felt like for a while this was what was coming. But now that we're sort of in it and it's happening, or at least it's the plan moving forward, how do you feel about it? Do you think it's the right move? How do you think it impacts Ohio State's season? How does it change maybe the way you were feeling about the season? Any, anything going on in your head? I think the idea that Ohio State bought itself some time so they can have a season makes sense. And like I think if you think about it from a positive a positive standpoint, you say, well, Ohio State and the Big Ten, and now if college football falls suit, just bought themselves another month. Because if they can somehow get out of the weeds here a little bit, cases go down, people start doing what they're supposed to do, you know, things start progressing in the right direction. And as we had in a personal texting conversation the other day that we've learned that things can change drastically with this, then, you know, they can still have a season. So, like, I don't think that everything is completely off the rails just yet but I do think that as uh, the last few weeks uh, passed by and we're getting closer and closer to the the kickoff because what are we seven weeks away from when they were supposed to start the season a little a little more than starting to more than that I think it's nine. yeah let me eight weeks or nine yeah but like there's no there was no plan or understanding of what it was going to look like and I felt like as the cases continued to arise and the silence of the plan continued to go it's just like my mind is just like how are they going to do this so I think that this is a really good step for something that they have to do you know at this point and as Gene Smith said the number one thing about this was buying time and I think that you know that was the number one enemy of college football you know going into you know Thursday morning so I like the idea that there are um, options, uh, as you mentioned, spring football is, you know, the last of what they want to do, but it's still on the table, and they're still just trying to figure out logistically how they're going to do this. I think playing Big Ten opponents only um, limits travel, limits exposure, limits some hairy things that you're going to have to deal with, rather than flying across the country to Eugene and staying in hotels that they're not familiar with, and you know, because Ohio State's made these road trips a thousand times, they know how to do it the right way, um, but. You know, that's the positive side. The negative side is this is just the latest domino to fall until all of them fall. And, like, right now, not to be a pessimist, but based on the way that things are going, it feels like this is just the latest domino in my heart and that this is going to continue until there's no season. Um, But I also think that if things go the right way, we're going to be in a good spot and they can still have college football. I think they could determine a national champion with a Big Ten-only schedule. I think if the other conferences do the same thing and everybody gets on the same page, they can still do it. It's just a matter of being at the mercy of what we're we're seeing nationally with the with the cases and, and how um, you know they feel they need to be in terms of whether they can play based on those cases. That was an interesting thing that came out of Gene Smith's uh, teleconference on Thursday, and you asked him the question. I think you asked him the question, and somebody else asked him a similar question, just like what what needs to be 
sort of the state of affairs in order for you guys to feel good about having a college football season. And like, he didn't really have an answer, which I suppose isn't surprising, but it, it just shed, I think even a brighter light on the idea that like, if you, if you're certain about what's going to happen either way, I, I would, you know, advise against that because there's just so much that can change between now and even July 24th when it's supposed to ramp up into like walkthroughs and 20 an hour, 20 hour a week practice sessions. And then on August 6th, when it's supposed to go in training camp, like we have no idea what the world is going to look like then, or the country, I guess is more importantly, what's going to, is going to look like then. Um, and to assume I, I think is a little bit dangerous, but I think it, the news to me was like simultaneously, like sort of a bad omen for where things are heading, but also a little bit encouraging because I do think it's important to just buy yourself as much time as possible. And that's what they're doing here. They're buying themselves time. They're affording them themselves flexibility. Like Gene Smith said the word flexibility at least 10 times in his 35 minute teleconference. And it's the idea of we're only playing conference games. Maybe it's 10, but we have the full allotment basically of September through November to figure out how to play 10 games. And if there's a stoppage, maybe we can work around it. If we have to reschedule games, maybe we can work around that. And and part of that sounds a little pie in the sky to me. I, I just don't know if that's feasible to get a college football season going where you're constantly stopping and starting, but it's good to have options. So I, I think it's good that the big 10 made options for itself. The feasibility of it. I'm not sure that like the postseason implications. I'm not sure because like the big 10 has announced this. I think there's an anticipation of the PAC 12 will announce something similar there was reporting um, from people like Bruce Feldman that the ACC was leaning in that direction, and then Matt Fortuna, who also works for the Athletics, said like the ACC is holding off on that. So, and the SEC is like we're playing all our games, which is not surprising. Um, so there's not uniformity here, which is not shocking at all in college football. I think ultimately for the sport to exist in some version that's like vaguely reminiscent to what we what we've come to expect of it there has to be uniformity and maybe we'll get there at some point we're still early stages on some of this stuff but in terms of postseason implications i have no idea what it's gonna look like but they're gonna try to play and and play a an all-conference season and and i think in the end it's it's prudent decision making to you're essentially punting on it a little bit and and i get that and the optics of that aren't great but i don't think you need to make like rash decisions yet because I, I, I'm just not of the mind that like playing football in and of itself is the wrong decision. Maybe it is, and maybe I'm not even thinking that. But, but I think trying to figure out a way to do it makes sense. At least right now, maybe it won't make sense five weeks from now. But at the moment, it makes sense. So to do something like this to give yourself a better chance of it happening, I'm on board with. The troubling thing I have, Bill, and you tell me because I think you and I you don't always see eye to eye on stuff, but I think we have good conversation, which is why this podcast is the best podcast in America. <laughs> but I think it's a very bad sign that they couldn't even get out of the blocks of voluntary workouts without all this unraveling. Now, I don't think that today's news was specifically as a result of what Ohio State did on Wednesday. Would you say that's fair, or do you think not, do you they're think not linked at all? No, they're they're not yeah. linked, right? So, um, but they every single team that's been doing voluntary workouts is having outbreaks within their thing within their their own little bubble. So, like. Once teams start actually hitting each other and having more intense sweaty practices where bodily fluids are flying around, like, I don't know how you avoid this. And, like, I asked this question to Gene Smith on the call, and I thought this was important. Um, do you view that this 
that everybody involved in college football has to accept the idea that people are going to catch this while playing. There has to be some level of acceptance that this is still going to spread because if the answer is nobody can catch it, then I don't I don't think that that's a feasible thing. So I think that there needs to be some sort of, you know, olive branch extended that people who are participating in this understand that there's a risk involved and if it happens, they're going to have to deal with them individually and they have to resign themselves to the idea that they can't contain it, at least not 100%. And based on what you just said about playing 10 games in, in all those weeks between September and November, I think that that's what he's saying, that they might pause or they might have to delay games or postpone them or, you know, I, I think that... the Again, it's options. It's all speculation, but it's options. So once college football gets all on the same page in terms of resigning themselves to the idea that people are going to get sick while they do this and that they're going to forge on through it, then it becomes more feasible. But until we understand and define the guidelines of what is uh, acceptable for unpaid athletes to to do in a physical sport, I don't even know how you get out of the blocks. So I'd like to understand like what is being discussed behind the scenes on what is a not only just for optics, but just a, a common decency thing for people to get sick. And the thing that I've noticed, too, about um, a lot of the mentions that I've had on Twitter and discussions that I've had with other people is that there's this this obsession or this discussion about mortality rate. And it's not about mortality rate. I understand that the people who are playing this are 18 to 23-year-old in shape, really well you know, conditioned athletes. Bad things can happen between healthy and death. Like, it's not just those two things. So I think that the NCAA and, and people like Gene Smith and the and the people who are in charge need to understand what is the risk, how do we mitigate that risk, and what are we willing to live with in terms of those risks. Because if there are long-term, long, you know, I don't know if I'm going off the rails here a little bit, but you do need to have an understand and, and accept what those risks are before you even get, get going. I think everyone involved in this, administrators, coaches, players, understands the risk <clears throat> I, I don't think we're in a situation where there's not been enough education like I, uh, to go back to the news of Ohio State shutting down voluntary workouts I was talking with some parents of players on the team and you know I, I, I don't want to assume that they're representative of everyone because everyone can have varying opinions but the people that I talked to said that like the coaching staff and the medical staff has been very transparent about what's happening they've been very helpful they've been answering questions they've been understanding any concerns have been addressed uh, in an appropriate way. So, like every everything's on the table here. I don't think anyone's trying to be deceitful in an effort to get a, get a season off the ground. Everyone is aware of the risks involved, but like science, scientists, doctors aren't totally knowledgeable about what all the risks are or what they might not be. I think there's, and I'm not trying to take this in a. I, I don't want this to go in the wrong direction, but what I'm trying to say is that. They're still trying to gather information, I think. I don't I don't think they know yet what an acceptable threshold, if that's even the right word, would be to get a season off the ground. I think what this decision they made on Thursday does is allow them time to keep figuring that out and get to a place where they either feel comfortable or they don't feel comfortable doing a season. Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, was on Big Ten Network on Thursday night and said, like, look, we might not have football. And Gene Smith said the same thing. Like we might, I am, he said, I am concerned that we won't have football because this is trending not in a great direction. And I think he is mentally preparing himself for the idea that they might not have football. I'm not saying that that's what they wish or that's what ultimately is going to happen. But I think you have to prepare yourself for the worst while buying your time to try, buying yourself time to try to figure this out. And that's what they're doing. But this was like this is a significant development in this because, and I wrote this in a story that's on the Athletic right now as you're listening to this. 
there's been a lot of conjecture about this. Like we've talked about it. People we work with have written about it. People at other media companies have talked about it. And I understand it's generated a lot of consternation on Twitter. I get that. It's a hot button issue. This isn't media and it's not fans giving their opinions on things. You can just like dismiss and ignore if it doesn't line up with what your opinion is. Like these are the people who are making the decisions about what's going to happen, telling you like we're not sure if this is going to work. So I think it's worth paying attention to, even if you don't agree with what the ultimate result might be. But I think you can look at this the other way too. I don't I don't think you have to be doom and gloom about this. I do think there is value in buying yourself time. And I don't mean to be repetitive, but I just want to hammer that point home. Like, I don't think either of us are sitting here saying, like, well, this is the next step towards them being screwed and there's not going to be football in the fall. Maybe there won't be. But I actually think this is more prom- – I-, I feel marginally and just marginally better about there being a season after today than I do did, like, this morning when I woke up because this showed me that at least there are some people who are in charge of putting this together – are willing to make sacrifices and necessary changes and make moves and like take safety into account when trying to get a season off the ground. So, so this is much different to you than the NCAA tournament where they canceled the conference tournaments, then they canceled this and then they canceled that. This feels different to you because there's a progression in the right direction of what needs to be done to mitigate these risks. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, do you think that's the wrong way to look at it? But that's kind of how I feel. No, I think that's fair. No, I think it's fair. I, I, Yeah, I think that's the right way to do it. I I don't know how else to – there's no other way to do it or or to view it. It, It's other options to see where things go. Nobody knows what the numbers in this country with the virus are going to look like in three weeks. Having more options and giving yourself more leeway to come up with a solution to the problem is always a step in the right direction. Whether or not I think there's going to be football or you think there's going to be football doesn't mean shit because we don't know what it's going to be. So I think from that standpoint, what you said makes perfect sense. All right, so let's touch on this briefly, the idea that Ohio State shut down workouts on Wednesday. And the timing is coincidental. One didn't have anything to do with the other. I think we all felt that it was trending towards a conference only season long before Ohio State announced on Wednesday that it was canceling workouts. Um, There's also a story about this on The Athletic, if you want to go ahead and read it. uh, Theathletic.com slash 4-6 still gets you 40% off a subscription to The Athletic. The gist that I'll give you is that um, I don't think there's any number of positive tests where you can just be like, oh, well, it's not that many. But at the same time, I think there is a, an assumption that at, cer- at a certain point, athletes are going to test positive for this. And it's about how you can handle it and, and the steps you can take to keep people safe and keep things moving forward. And if it becomes untenable, then you start making hard decisions. But uh, from everything I've learned, the number of positive tests across the seven sports that are currently working out at Ohio State, it's not just football, is pretty low. Low, at least compared to some of the numbers we've heard um, out of other programs. And, and I hesitate to compare it because it's not about that, but it, this is not an outbreak of any kind, at least not yet. Um, and I think that Ohio State, and the way it was described to me, was working with an abundance of caution. I think there was even some surprise that they shut down workouts given what the number of positive tests were. There's more results to come in, and maybe that's why. They just wanted to get ahead of it in case some more do come back positive, and they didn't want to be working out and being around each other if that's the case. I think that's smart. But I, it's this is not an um, overly concerning issue to me. I think this is this is the cost of, of doing business, for lack of a better term, when you're trying to play college athletics and work out in this environment in a pandemic and but what happens bill and i don't mean to interrupt you but what happens when this happens in fall camp i mean maybe we'll get to that well the idea i think the idea again and buying yourself time is you try to figure out what that means and you know we don't know the the 
speed at which you get back test results could be greatly improved by the time the season comes around. And maybe if you have a positive and you isolate that person and you can test people. And if you have enough negatives to field a team, you go play. I got, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend like I know the answer to that, but yeah, options is, is the key here. I just yeah. don't, I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's impossible. Um, or even, you know, unethical at this point, but uh, to get back to my original point, what I was saying, I, I think that you could see Ohio State back working out maybe like as soon as next week. This happened on Wednesday. I think you could see them back on Wednesday or maybe at the following Monday, but it's not going to be a long-term shutdown. Uh, I think Ohio State was being overly cautious with that. So I just wanted to explain that before we, I guess, move on to some more entertaining, some more fun stuff as, as it relates to this and, and, and trying to – actually, let's do this before we do that. There are like contractual things that come up with this in terms of Ohio State's non-conference opponents, and there's not a whole lot of specifics. But in case you're wondering, um, Ohio State was supposed to pay Bowling Green 1.2 million. Was supposed to pay Buffalo 1.8 million. The money they're supposed to pay Bill yeah 1.5 million. 5 million. Right? Um, Ohio State and Oregon were to pay each other 300 thousand dollars. But that's like this is a real game. We're covering each other's cost of travel. That's not. A, a big hurdle in my mind. The Oregon game's not happening this year. Gene Smith made it sound like it might not happen next year. Or they're going to try to some, figure some stuff out on how to move this series forward, or maybe they can play a one-off neutral site game next week. I don't know if Ohio State's going to be able to – sorry, next year. If Ohio State's going to be able to get out of the contracts with Buffalo and Bowling Green, there's a lot of stuff of what – like I get it. Like This sucks for the MAC. It ain't the Big Ten's problem. <laughs> <laughs> like if if you're a Mac program and your conference is so, existence is solely dependent on getting handouts from major conferences, then like maybe you shouldn't be in Division One. I, I don't know. Like I feel bad saying that, and I feel bad for the kids who are on those teams. But like it's, you're gonna get a lot of crap for people in Ohio saying it's that. Just, not just brace yourself. It's not the Big Ten's problem. It's not. Yeah. No, I agree. I. Uh... Yeah, but uh, it's just like there's so many Ohio Mac programs, and those programs tend to be places that mean a lot to people who are connected to Ohio State. And I understand that, you know, that's the way it is. But you know, how many Mac programs are there in Ohio for? No, I mean, there's Kent State, there's Akron, there's Miami, there's Toledo. Um, am I missing any? Bowling Green? Did I say Bowling Green? Like, there's a Five, lot. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not demeaning the programs. I understand that people care about those programs. No, and there's no, some I good football yeah. played of those programs too. I'm not saying that, but like the Big Ten can't be making decisions like while considering the Mac. It's just like you, you got to look out yeah. for number one in this situation, and maybe that's callous, but I think like that's the real world. And I hope that the Mac and these other you know G five leagues can figure out or G six whatever it is can can figure out how to exist past this year if they're not going to be able to play these non conference games, but these power leagues have to look out for themselves first. It's just like it's the it's the food chain. Yeah, no, I agree. So sorry if I offended anyone who listens to this who's a Bowling Green or Toledo fan. That wasn't my intention, but I also think that like. If you took the news and were like, wow, the Big Ten's screwing over the Mac, it's like, what are they supposed to do? I mean, the thing about it, Bill, is that something unprecedented in the recent human history is happening, and it's just like some people are going to suffer and some aren't. And it's it's just the harsh reality of the situation that we're in. And if the programs that are, are using the 
um, non-conference games to fund their entire athletic departments miss out on that, then that's just the byproduct of what's going on here. And I agree 100% with you. And my favorite thing to do in the world is watch Maction on, on Wednesday or Thursday nights, you know, when, when it's going there. And, and, I mean, people love that stuff. I'm not trying to, you know, I agree 100%. It's just... It's dollars and cents sometimes. It's just simple, simple subtraction, and sometimes you can't, you can't do anything other than that. And I don't know. Um, Gene Smith said he's going to have conversations with those athletic directors in more detail next week. He strongly intimated Gene Smith that if there is no football this fall, that Ohio State will be okay. Um, they Ohio State is highly profitable as an athletic department. They make a ton of money. Football generates a lot of it. They have some money stored off in, in coffers somewhere that might be able to help them out. I, I don't think they'd be in a position to, you know, essentially be nice to Bowling Green and Buffalo and give them a little something, even if it's not the full what they agreed on. Um, but I guess that's possible. Or maybe they just scheduled games for 2027, and I have no idea. I don't know what's going to happen with those, but I think that's kind of the least of, of Ohio State's worries right now. All right. Yeah. Big Ten schedule. Let's talk about what this might look like. So we think if they if they it seems like there is strong motivation to make this a ten game season, which would mean you play the teams in your division, six games, and then you play four outside of your division. Do you think they're gonna set it up in a way that front loads the division games so you can figure out who is in theory going to play in a conference championship game should the season be stopped? Do you think they'll just take what they have? now scheduled and just like move it up and then tack on a game at the end like what do you think this is going to look like and then we'll talk about who we'd like to see Ohio State play out of the west well here's the thing if they play they have to play how many games let's let's just let's see if we can come to an agreement on this how many games do you think need to be played before you'd be willing to name somebody a conference champion or a division champion all six of your division games Okay, so I would front load all six of your division games, if possible, in a round-robin fashion for the first six games of the year. And do it so that you get the most important things to determine a champion, at least from a divisional standpoint, out of the way. Because you want to you want to mitigate that risk by putting them all up front, right? Like, I, I think that just sounds, to me, it's just like the obvious thing to do. Put them all in the front part of the schedule. It's going to be tough. Um but it also might be super entertaining as a result of it because it's all condensed and there's no, you know, weeks or games that don't matter. And, you know, try to get through those six games before there's any incident. Um, and then at that point, if things are going well, then you can do other Big Ten teams from the other side of the conference for tiebreakers or entertainment or wins or whatever you need to do in order to design that. Now, somebody asked Gene Smith on the call, on Thursday, like how do you deter- how do you plan on determining a a Big Ten champion? And he was just like, "We're just trying to figure out how to play a football game here." Uh, but like, this is how I would design it. Like, I like, could you imagine a season where like, and like, this is gonna? I don't know if this is gonna make people mad, but like, you're not playing Michigan in November this year. Like, okay, it happens. Like, I think that is. I, I'm, I am. Like ninety five percent certain that that's not going to happen in November. <laughs> what if Ohio State opens with Michigan? God, could you imagine? Like in in a world where we're like worried about like games being canceled, like just let's start with the big show. Load up, load up on all your best TV inventory first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what if Ohio State's like first three games are at Michigan or home against Michigan at Penn State, then Michigan State. 
Would not surprise me one bit if that's what they decide to do. Well, to me, if you're trying to jam stuff together, let's make it as entertaining and great as possible. Like, honestly, if the if the season got canceled after four games, wouldn't you want to watch those four? Like, let's let's put we lost the Oregon game. Let's put the games. Like, I mean, I don't want Ohio State to play Maryland and Rutgers and the season get postponed or canceled. Like, I want to see them play Michigan. I think I, I tweeted something out like as a joke, uh, like right after the news came out, and I said something along the lines of like, "All right, here's my schedule: Ohio State plays Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State. Uh, I think it was Wisconsin, and what was the other one? Um, Minnesota, no, Minnesota, Minnesota. It's basically Ohio State plays the five best teams in the conference, and then they run it back again the next five weeks and play the same five teams again. And, like, it was a joke, and people were like, well, they wouldn't do that. That's too rigorous of a schedule. I wrote a story last year that pissed people off when Ohio State had the closed season out with Penn State, Michigan, and the Big Ten Championship, just, like, floating out the idea that maybe the Big Ten would like to give its best team a somewhat more navigable path to get to the college football playoff. And people got so they got mad so about mad that. about it. Which, like, I get, <laughs> I totally get. But it, fans from other teams that wish that, that, yeah. But like the answer I got from the big team was like, yeah, we don't care. So like they wouldn't care about making Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State all play each other in the first three weeks of the season. Well, do you think that if Ohio State had to play Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, and Wisconsin in consecutive weeks, that's a safety issue? Like it's no different than playing five normal games. Anyway, right? Like, just because those teams are physical and good doesn't mean that it's it's any more or less rigorous than playing uh, Bowling Green, Oregon, Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan State than Penn State. Like, I don't like I don't know if everybody always with their Big Ten cliches of oh we played Wisconsin that was a street fight right thanks for that uh, little word there Urban but like it's just I, I don't know like it might be hard but like I don't think it's any more or less dangerous than playing the regular schedule. And, like, let's just, like, actually have a street fight, like Anchorman <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it would be... I think you killed a man, Brick. It'd be, it'd be really <laughs> tough to do that. But, and, you know, maybe... But do you think it's a safety issue? No, I, I don't I, I don't think the reason that they would not do that would be because of player safety. Like, if you were to ask me honestly, do I think that games against Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State are more, phys- more physical than playing against Rutgers? Absolutely, because those teams' players are bigger, faster, and stronger than Rutgers' players. But like the league would never admit that; <laughs> they would never, they would never do that and like tell us that's why they were doing it. Um, because then that means that the teams that aren't in that conversation aren't fit to be a part of the conference, right? But I also think it, like what what we're talking about here, and like let's be transparent about it. We know what it is. Like they have a lucrative television contract that requires them to play games to make that money, and. Clearly, they are worried about the possibility of starting a season and having to stop and possibly not being able to finish it. I won't be surprised one iota if a new schedule comes out and all of the best games are in the first four or five weeks of the season. Should we name the episode, Should Ohio State Open with Michigan? Question mark. You think people will listen to that? I'm Okay, so let's talk I about think, it. You know, like, you know, imagine, though, Bill, this scenario. And like, look at me. We got some Zoom eye contact here. What if, like, fall camp, start, like, regular workouts resume, July 24th happens, fall camp happens, and it, the entire fall camp is preparation for the Michigan game? Like, that'd be, like, a month long of the Michigan game. And then, of course, if you play and set up the schedule for a round-robin scenario where a single elimination might keep you out of the division title, like, with all that's at stake, like, I don't think it'd actually be fair for Ohio State because 
Michigan has been dying for this. And, like, if Michigan's ever going to beat Ohio State, I think a season opener might, might be, like, better for them. And then, of course, like, getting the division title and whatever, like, in a shortened season, that wouldn't be quite as fun. But, like, could you imagine how awesome July and August would be? Like, after this terrible, shitty time in our lives, all of us, of sitting at home without sports, do we get to enjoy for the next six weeks the anticipation of preparing for the best rivalry in college football? Okay. Like, like sign me up for so that. So let's just, like, knock off the charade, get rid of the bullshit, and admit what this is all about, and, it, it, like... Player safety is important, a hundred percent. I don't, I don't think they're being disingenuous when they say that. But they want to play because they want to make money, and you do not make any more money than you do when Ohio State plays Michigan. And granted, there's no fans in the stands, but like, it'll, it's the biggest TV audience in college football every year. You want to make sure you get that one going. Play it on September fifth. That's the title of the podcast. Like, that's the whole thing here. Like, if like we're we started off for thirty minutes. Like, talking about, like, real depressing stuff. Like, this is fun. This is, like, fun to think about. And, like, I don't know, like, how the TV contract is set up. Like, will Ohio State make more or less money by playing Rutgers than they do Michigan? No. Or is it all collective? No. It's not, so, like, well, I don't Games know, don't cost all, more money than others to, like, put on or whatever. Like, the, the, the and the TV revenue is all the same. But... I, I don't know. It would be interesting to see, like, Gene Smith said that Kevin Warren is having conversations with... Their TV partners, which are Fox and ESPN, about what this is going to look like. I'm sure they'll have to come to some new agreements about which networks are going to get which games now. Um, but those networks would want to make the most of whatever situation or opportunity they have to get eyeballs on their channels. And the best opportunity to get eyeballs on your channel is to have Ohio State play Michigan. So you want to be sure you play that game before you play any other ones. You don't want to play the Indiana game and then not play any other ones. And, like, also, I could, like, see this now, like, in 100 years, the oral history of the time Ohio State played Michigan in September. Yeah, remember uh, back in remember back in 2020 when uh, Ohio State when played one world... game and it was against Michigan? That's it. Like, I'm convinced. Can I tweet that right now? Like, or do I have to wait till the You have to wait. We're, we're recording at 10.21 p.m. on Thursday night. You can wait until the, the, till the following morning. Um, 7.21. West Coast, best coast, you know? 721, where Ari is. Where Ari is shirtless, fresh out of the pool. I've got a nice golden tan, too. Look at me. Don't he I? He does. He looks, he looks sun-kissed. I look like uh, I just got done uh, hanging out of the Turtle Bay, you know? What would uh, people like lose their shit when Ohio State wears wolf uniforms against Michigan? What would people do if Ohio State played Michigan on September 5th? Well, I mean, if I don't know where you were, like, I think you were still in college. Like, where? how old were you when they did the Big Ten realignment? I'm only two years older than you, but, like, were you, like... Legends and leaders? Keenly aware of... Yeah. Those are, like, 2011? Like, people were freaking out when, like, the idea of, like, what division do you put Ohio State-Michigan in? When does the game get played? Don't change the game. Don't, you know... I don't know if tradition just goes out the window because it's unprecedented circumstances for a one-off year that you're trying to make the best out of when things are going to get, like, crazy. Like... I don't know. And I don't care. Like, I think that's so stupid. Like, I liked Urban Meyer shut it down completely with this tradition crap where he was just like, and again, I'm not trying to say tradition doesn't matter. Please don't email me. <laughs> what, I understand that, like, part of the love of going to Ohio State game is the goosebumps you get when the band comes out of the tunnel, the scarlet and gray, and all the wonderful things that they've done for 100 years. And I think it makes Ohio State special. But... Urban Meyer said their number one tradition is winning. And, like, that's what his, like, whole thing was um, 
when it came to the uniforms and the alternates and recruiting. And it's just like, it's 2020 and we're in a pandemic and it's just like, you're not playing the game. At the... Even if they put Michigan last on the schedule, I still don't think it's going to be the last Saturday in November or whatever it is. Like it's an altered schedule. They're not going to play. Rather than play. Yeah. It? I mean, Gene Smith, he didn't say this definitively, but he basically said like, we're trying to align with our academic calendar and like, no one's going to be on campus after Thanksgiving. So we're probably not going to play on campus after Thanksgiving. Doesn't mean they can't play in Indy, maybe for a Big Ten championship game. But I would not anticipate any game, let alone the Ohio State Michigan game, being played on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Could be the Saturday before if they try to hold, keep the tradition. But I'm on board with this. I like play it right away. Make sure it happens. Make sure it happens. And just like, and then the following week, Michigan can go play Penn State, and Ohio State can play at Wisconsin or, or Michigan State to stay in the division, and then just roll out from there. I'd give them a just like, I'd give them. It a also might. I would give. It would also be cool too, like if Rutgers and Maryland played each other in the first week, and then they played Indiana, and like maybe gave one of those teams that never does anything good a chance to start off good, and maybe like create some intrigue for like middle of the year. Like, what if Maryland started off three and zero? Like that would be fun. Maryland started off two and zero last Mar- year, and then won, won one more game the rest of the year. Maryland blew out a ranked team in week two, and oh, just so you guys know, I don't know if I'm allowed to announce it, but you're having a beer, you're feeling loose, like you know. I took the Maryland over three and a half wins last year, and that was torture. I took. Uh, I was like, after the the second week Syracuse blowout, I was like, where should I buy with this money that I just won? The uh, <laughs> Maryland like lost nine in a row. Maryland won its first two games, and then they hosted like Penn State on a Friday night, or Maryland was like two and one or three and zero or yeah. something, and they hosted Penn State on a Friday night at home. And they're like nine point home dogs, and we were out in Nebraska for the Ohio State Nebraska game, and we were in Council Bluffs, Iowa, where there's a sports book. And I was like, "This is I'm go I'm riding with Maryland tonight because I think Mike Loxley's got it going in the right direction, and I don't think they're going to win, but they're going to keep it close. So give me Maryland with the points, and then Maryland got their doors blown off. And what happened as a result of that? I don't know. I lost money. I lost money too because <laughs> we ride together when we were on the road. Yeah. But I also hit my only uh, royal flush in video poker that night. No deuce video poker won a quick grand, yeah. so I got a few hundred of that back. All right, so Ohio State in our uh, fake 2020 season is opening with Michigan. I think you give them a buffer. I don't think you make them go Penn State right away. Give them a Rutgers or Maryland buffer, and then maybe play Penn State the third week. So you're out of my plan of like giving them the easy teams first, too? Giving who the easy teams? Like Ohio State plays Michigan, Michigan State, and this is my schedule. Michigan, Michigan State, Maryland, Penn State, Rutgers, Indiana. I think I could live with that. I just I just wouldn't go Michigan, Penn State back-to-back. And I wouldn't go Penn State, Ohio State back-to-back for Michigan. And I wouldn't go Michigan, Ohio State back-to-back for Penn State. Because if there is any any chance of there being a Big Ten championship game or the playoff, you don't want to put a schedule together that's going to cannibalize the Big Ten's chance of getting a team into the Final Four. So, like, I understand that completely, but it's just, like, I can't even fathom a playoff right now. Like, I can't, like, thinking, how do I preserve, like, I'm more in on let's have fun now and deal with the consequences later. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that, let's put, let's be honest with each other. Like, I don't think there's any chance, okay, I think there's a small chance that they're going to crown a legitimate national champion this year. And, like, I was talking with my dad in the pool today, uh, and he had his shirt off, too. That sounds great. And we were... We were talking just about like, and this is going to go down an entirely different rabbit hole, so you can stop me, Bill, if it does. <laughs> but like, if one really good player gets sick during the middle of the year, 
And let's say that that player is somebody who takes the snaps. And you have to go on in a place where you feel like you might not have a chance to win a football game because your team is sick. If you're one of the other really good players that's going to be a draft pick, why would you risk your body during a week where somebody else in your similar position is out and you still might not have a chance to win? Yeah. Like that's like the thing. It's like if like if player A gets injured, then player B who's also a first round draft pick. No, if player A gets sick and misses the game and then that puts Ohio State in a bad position to win the football game, why would somebody else risk their body? Like I think there's like domino effects that can happen within the season. So like that's why I'm trying to be like let's play as much as we can up front and then worry about like how stuff goes the longer we go cuz it's like if they're playing football in November that means we did uh, what we were supposed to do as a country in order to to like flatten the curve again a little bit. It's like yeah, I don't know, unless you think November is what how long it's going to take or like what we need to get to a place where things are better again. But like if they're in a place where they're able to play in September, then play them. I think that in that scenario you described a couple things. One, uh, this idea of playing whatever it is, eight, nine, or ten only conference games over the course of what's basically three full months allows you some leeway to say, like, listen, we have guys who tested positive. We can't play this week. And then you just sort of adjust the whole thing. And that that's the point of this. And you try to play it later. Um, maybe that's crazy. And then use geography on your side, too, of like, well – Ohio State's playing Indiana this week. Michigan's playing Michigan State. One team can't play the other. We're all in the same general geographical area. Let's just do a little switcheroo here. And, like, the two healthy teams play, and then the other two, you know, or whatever. Like, because it's like the Big Ten is, for the most part, the thing that we always talk about and being in this conference as reporters is how quickly we can get to most colleges by driving. But there are a few road trips, especially in the Big Ten West and Rutgers in Maryland, that get kind of dicey. So, like, things can get weird. And it's really not that, like, I, I don't know if you can make the argument that Nebraska and Rutgers are on the same geographical footprint. But, like, for the most part, they should be able to kind of line things up and switch them around. Should we, if we're, if we're campaigning for um Ohio State to open against Michigan should we also just openly campaign for like Nebraska to be replaced by Notre Dame yes well like how many games are there so like so it's like how would you fit Notre Dame because I think that's a really good idea and like I'm not an expert on Notre Dame they're not in a conference and if everybody's not playing non-conference I don't know where that leaves them well they play so like do they need to like do they play like are they going to latch on to the ACC this year like I don't like know like how they're going to do that they play uh, I'm looking it up right now because I don't want to get the number wrong they are like tangentially related to the ACC so this year and I guess this is the same every year they play one uh, two three four five six ACC games I think that's what it is every year they play six ACC games um, but they would have to play at least 10 I would think to be even considered for the playoff that we'll pretend is going to happen like they're not they're supposed to play Wisconsin that's not happening um, they have Navy on their schedule. We don't know what the like Navy's in the American. We don't know what the American's going to do. They have Arkansas on their schedule. The SEC says it's going to play. They have Western Michigan. Western Michigan would love to play that game. So I don't know if that Notre Dame's necessarily going to be hurting for opponents. It just depends if there's uniformity and everyone goes to conference only. Then I don't know what they do. But if they were like half in the ACC and like half in the Big Ten, sign me up. Yeah, I mean, but how would that look? Because here's the thing that Gene Smith said, and I don't remember, 
um, if you said this at the beginning, so stop me if you did, but, like, uniformity is important. Like, so, like, if they're going to play the games, and, like, uh, even in this, like, fake conference schedule that we just made up, like, the other teams that are going to supposedly make the playoff have to play the same amount of games. Like, I don't think that we're going to get, uh, are we going to be on the college football playoff call in November saying, well, Notre Dame only played six games and won them all, and Ohio State went nine and one. Like, how? Do, like I don't know how you even equate that. So, like, I just don't know, like, if you pencil them in, which teams in the Big Ten, do we just do it? Do we just say, screw it, we're doing TV only? Ohio State uh, is going to play Notre Dame because Michigan always plays Notre Dame. And, like, I don't know how that works because the Notre Dame-Michigan game is supposedly canceled right now. Well, they're not supposed to, they weren't so, supposed to play this year anyway. Add them into the conference and then play, what, the best teams ever? Like, is Ohio State playing Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, and Notre Dame four out of their ten games? I mean... Make up for Oregon? I think it's possible. It's a fa- Like, Notre Dame's a fascinating question, and... Like what's going to like we Pete Sampson covers Notre Dame for us. He's an incredible beat writer. He's been around that program forever. So like if you're interested in what's going to happen with Notre Dame, I suggest you follow Pete's work. Um, I don't I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. But I don't think it's impossible that they play their six ACC games and just like pretend they're a full member of that conference. And I don't know if they pick up four more ACC opponents that maybe wouldn't work out when you're trying to make balanced schedules. But maybe instead of like Ohio State playing a fourth Big Ten West team, they play Notre Dame, and and the same for like Michigan and maybe Michigan State, like these teams that have histories, you know, then they're to different levels with with Notre Dame. But certainly, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State are like classic college football matchups. I, if you put them with Notre Dame, I think you could do that. Um, maybe Penn State. Penn State hasn't played Notre Dame in a while. Um, when I was in school, they played them, but. It's been since then since that happened, but I don't know. I think I think it's possible. I just I I have no clue what you do with that team because they're the only league that they're geographically linked with is the Big Ten. If you talk about Notre Dame leaving Indiana to go play Big Ten games, they are leaving their footprint by a pretty significant stretch. I love it. I love it. I. I it's interesting I discussion that, for sure. <laughs> it's a it's an interesting discussion and something that when we're talking about it, also. Let's try to make this as fun as possible. Like we've all been sitting here all summer not being able to do anything and haven't even been able to watch a baseball game. It's like, why not make this the best? So why don't we both go? I already kind of went, add Notre Dame into mine somewhere. But like, give me your best uh, Ohio State fake schedule on Thursday, July 9th. Okay, so you open against Michigan, and that game's in Columbus. So we agree on that. Okay, I'm just writing this down as we go. Then we'll go. Um, I I would like to give a, a buffer after that because that game, even if it's a blowout, that game is always kind of a little bit of a physical battle. So I would give them a buffer, and I would say you play Rutgers next, and that's also at home. Rutgers at home. Then I'll put them home again. I'll say Michigan State in the third game. Good game, not the best game, but you're home three straight weeks, and then you go on the road to Penn State in the fourth week of the season. And then you and the four weeks in, you've knocked out your three main division games, and then let's just tack on uh, Maryland after that because they're a patsy, and that's a physical game. And then Indiana to round out your division games. So we're six games in. We got everybody in the division off the board. Then we'll go Notre Dame, just to like create like a buffer between the East and right. West, home or away, whatever. I don't care. Play it in Dayton for all I care. There's not gonna be fans anyway. Um, 
So that's game seven. Notre Dame, you got three more, and they're from the West. I would go. I think we know which. <laughs> so I want go them to ahead. play like the best teams from the West, but I also like kind of want yeah. to make it fair. So I don't know if I'd give them quite all three because I don't want to make this like the a gauntlet. You know what Who I mean? Who are your three best? Like I would give them Nebraska. I think I'd give them Nebraska, which like might be good, probably isn't as good as everyone thinks they're going to be. So I would go, ne- but also entertaining. Right. So I would go Nebraska right after Notre Dame, and then close it out with uh, Wisconsin. Just in case Wisconsin wins the West, and you don't want to play them back to back weeks in the Big Ten Championship, right, right? And then Minnesota to close it out. So you you would be opening with the best or the one of the best games that Ohio State can ever play in against Michigan, and then you're closing them out against the two best teams from the West, and then you have in the middle of the schedule sandwich with Penn State and Notre Dame. Yeah, Penn State and Notre Dame are, are separated, separated by a bunch by of games by at Notre- two games in between. I would also consider Purdue because that'd be fun to see a Purdue rematch. And maybe you put Purdue in there instead of Nebraska. Purdue Actually, rematch. let's do that. Let's get Nebraska out of there. We'll do Purdue. I think Nebraska's better. I was on board with the schedule you made. I want to watch Ron Dunmore. Okay, then watch him uh, when they play Illinois on Big Ten Network. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Okay, fine. We'll- Nebraska will be a better game, especially if you can make it at Nebraska. I don't know if that's feasible with the schedule and uh, travel distance, but I think that Nebraska's a more intriguing game than Purdue. Okay, so we'll do home home against Michigan, home against Rutgers, home against Michigan State, at Penn State, at Maryland, home against Indiana, home against Notre Dame, at Nebraska. Alternate site, Notre Dame. Alternate site, Notre Dame. I'll do that, alternate, because it's a one-off. It's a special. It's a special year, you know. Yeah, Alternate yeah. site Notre Dame. Uh, the Corona Bowl. <laughs> road game against Nebraska. One, two, three, four. Uh, and then you go home, home against Wisconsin and Minnesota. I think they're going to try to give teams six home games and four road games. Yeah. So if we did, if we did, if we made Notre Dame a special one-off in wherever, Toledo. Yeah. Um, then Wisconsin yeah, and Minnesota. It'd be Fort Wayne. Yeah, Fort Wayne. It'd be in Fort Play Wayne. Austin Mac High School. How much fun did you just have? Did it kind of make you feel like you're playing NCAA? I think again? I solved the problem for the Big Ten. Maybe I'll give Gene Smith a call. Okay, that's our official four to six with A and B schedule, um, which we will tease um, on Friday. But the one last thing, I know you're the host. I don't mean to hijack you this, but do you want to like go off the rails for ten minutes about spring football? But only for ten minutes because I don't want to be. Only, I mean, we're at forty eight minutes yeah. of recording. I'm close with the podcast with completely absurd off the rails, premature fun discussion because we all just we just everything we just did was made up. So like, let's make up ten more minutes of another scenario. Okay, so let's do this. They try to play football this fall with a Big Ten only schedule, and it just doesn't work. So. They decide we're going to play in the spring. And I think there's some momentum for that, but we're just not there yet. But let's pretend we're there. Give me Ohio State's starting backfield on January, whatever is a Saturday, 2021, in their season opener against whoever. Trey Sermon would still be there, I think. And C.J. Stroud would be the quarterback. Now, we're kind of – we're, we're – um, Jumping the gun a little bit because the most fun part of this discussion is how we use the 2021 class. But um, I would love to see Kyle McCord in there as uh, and have a three-way battle in the purest form for quarterback of the future. Like I think it would be absurdly painful for the last image for Ohio State fans of Justin Fields to be his hands on his helmet in Fiesta Bowl. 
But like, how awesome would a three-headed competition between and they all start on the same foot too because they they never practiced before them. The awesomeness of that would not outweigh the disappointment of not seeing more of Justin Fields, but it still would be awesome. Yeah, no, I mean we're we're talking worst case scenario here. Um, but it would be interesting because then you all of a sudden, uh, you know what? I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself out of excitement. And let me preface this by saying, and I've been making some phone calls, um, and I have a few interviews done for a story I'm hoping to get done by next week about um, whether or not programs are equipped to endure the potential of official visits not happening at all this fall. Um, and I've been just asking recruiting coordinators random questions. And one of the questions I've been asking is, should to the 2021 and early enrollees be allowed to play in the season if it's in the spring? And the general response has been, they wouldn't be physically ready to play. Yeah. Like, Especially if they don't play a fall football season. Or maybe yeah, uh, like, they'd be the, more or less ready to play if they played a fall season. I think season. they would be less. Um Especially because when true freshmen play in their early enrollees, they usually have a spring to go through in order to physically get ready. Yep. But I don't know if I 1,000% agree with that because true freshmen play all the time. That don't, did J.K. Dobbins enroll early? He enrolled early, yeah. I'm trying to think of like a good example of a true freshman at Ohio State that didn't enroll early and was an impact player. I know Claret did. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you somebody will tweet it as. But That's I, a good I question. Know that um, freshman play so but like I think if you like take a look at like what Ohio State's glaring weaknesses are just in this weird bizarro world you could fill in some crazy spots with their incoming class like I think Toon Mache Adelaide and Jack Sawyer can really give them some answers on the defensive line I think that Trevion Henderson is the most talented running back that Ohio State signed or will sign since Ezekiel Elliott um, I think Kyle McCord being in there and giving Ohio State the best. One of the three quarterbacks that would win that battle would be the next star there. I think one of the three would. So, I mean, I guess we can just play that game of like, depending on how many people leave, you can fit as many people um, from your class to fill up to get back to 85. I think that's a fair um, discussion, and I think that's a fair way of handling it, and I think it would be very interesting to see how programs would handle that fake scenario. I don't think that's going to happen, so why don't we close out by saying what the spring roster would look like? <laughs> or are we getting way too off? This is like the, this is the podcast I've been waiting to have. I know we've we've gone back and forth on whether or not we should we should even entertain the conversation, but we've gone pretty far down the hypothetical road already. So what's the harm in? in- and I think people know that we're being completely and utterly hypothetical for entertainment purposes. And you know what? People haven't had any sports. Why can't we just have some fun? Like yeah, we're, we're just having fun. So so. The thing, and like, if you say somebody's not on the roster in the spring, that means you think highly enough of the them NFL, that they're going right. to the league. Right. So, like, it's not insulting. It's like I don't think that Sean Wade would play another snap. I don't think that Wyatt Davis would play another snap. I don't think that Justin Fields would play another snap. And I don't even know if Chris Olave would play another snap. Am I forgetting anyone? No, the, uh, Josh Myers. Um, oh, Josh Myers. Thayer Munford. Thayer Munford. Like, I think Ohio State would lose more players than any other program to that. An early NFL draft, I, they would be sig- impacted in a significant way. The, the, the one thing about that conversation is, like, if you were in their shoes, and if I were in their shoes, and I think if most people listening were in their shoes, they would say, like, I would not play. Why would you play? I think it is somewhat dangerous to assume that they would all not play. I think some of them would. Love of the game, improving your draft stock 
whatever. I like you're shaking your head, and I'm telling you, some of them will play. People play in the I like I want to drop an f bomb. People play in the delay, people man. play in the mighty key year, car care bowl for no goddamn reason. I understand that when they play in the mighty key car care bowl, they're not delaying their development to uh, professional. If, the, if college football plays in, for a if whole college calendar football year. plays in the spring, the NFL will change its calendar. Yeah, I know I they know. said they, they wouldn't. They hundred percent will. They will. And it'll be like we can all we well, can if, all if that's forget the, case. the charade that Ohio State and the NCAA or the NFL and the NCAA aren't cahoots. But like it, the calendar would change, the timeline would change. If that if that happens, then I'm willing to agree with you. If the NFL draft is in April 2021, there's a zero percent chance any of those names you just named would play. I would agree with that. I don't. Th- okay, I think if they, if college football happens in the spring, I would guess the NFL draft happens in like late May. Because like if you think that that's the case. And like I just don't know the implications of like how important the combine are and the 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 circuit of working out and all the stuff that would have to happen in order for these GMs and these scouts to properly prepare. Maybe it's just they have to do what the college teams are doing and that's just trust tape. Like maybe that's the answer. But if there is no NFL draft until the end of that season, so like what would it be? It would be from March till May. And then the draft is right then? I think they'd probably start in... If they play in the spring, I bet they would start in February. Okay, so then you can't play any home games in the Midwest? I mean, it's very snowy in February. I mean, it's not Antarctica. It's very, it's, it's much more... Well, they don't play certain games at night in November, and it's much more of a uh, blizzardy... Uh, Atmosphere in February than it is at the end of November. I think if you wanted to start, like I mean, it's a completely different climate in February. I think if you wanted to start the last week in November, that's really or last week in February, that's really no different than playing in the last week in November. Okay, so then let's just go your way because you're more of a meteorologist than I, I am. am. So okay, February I got an to F when? In meteorology, by the way, it's a class. Yeah, <laughs> I got a B and. Um, Speech audio and MP3. I don't even know what the subject of that class was, but I got a B, and I got an A on nutrition, food, and you, which is ironic because I really could use that knowledge right now. Because my frat had all the tests. Did you have those like yeah, previous test tests that you could look yeah. at? And the test was the same. So like after the first one, like I studied only the tests and I knew them by heart, and I was missing the questions on purpose. <laughs> I got like a ninety-seven in the class. Yeah, because you like don't want to you don't want to tip the hand, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know if that's cheating. Is that cheating? No, it's thriving. That's using every available research or resource. It's not my fault that the professor was too lazy to change the test. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. But do you think that's cheating? No. I have this debate with everybody. I mean, some people think yes, and some people think maybe no. it is. Like by the letter of the law, yeah, it's probably cheating. But like, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's cheating. And I paid fifty grand for my degree. It's one class, and honestly, the last laugh's on me because I'm dieting right now. Um, so you go last week of February to May, and then draft in mid-May, end May or June. Yeah, I guess there's like there's usually a rookie camp in May, right? So that would get pushed back, and OTAs, I guess, might get moved around a little bit. But I think you could do the NFL draft in late May, early June, and not lose a whole lot. And then, like, there are guys – it just depends, like, like say, like, Josh Myers, for instance. And this is, like, dangerously hypothetical. But Josh Myers could help himself somewhat significantly, I think, by playing well this year. I think at the moment, if the draft was tomorrow and Josh Myers was in the draft, 
maybe a second round pick, perhaps more likely a third round pick. I think if he had a good redshirt junior season, he could potentially be a first round pick, high second round pick, get a lot of money on his first contract. And like, that's not nothing. And it's just a matter of if you're a guy like him, like, do the potential benefits of getting more of that guaranteed money outweigh the risks of playing a spring season that maybe you won't get that much out of? And I think that's a legitimate question for a lot of guys. Like, I don't think it's a question for Justin Fields. If the draft was tomorrow, he'd be the number two pick at worst. And if the draft's in June, he'll be the number two pick at worst, I think. But for guys like that, guys who are like back, back of the first, second, third, fourth round pick trying to get up to day one or trying to get up to day two, I think there is a consideration made to possibly playing in the spring, even if to you and me that sounds crazy because why would you do that? Yeah, and then, of course, we haven't even gotten to the point of what that means for the 2021 season. And like it just kind of goes off the rails. Yeah. But I do think that you, if you convince yourself or you convince me that they would move the NFL draft and then the players that we want to see play this fall would still play, then I think that would be but that would be great. Yeah, I think the draft would have to. I just I'm not, not going to tell you. Like they're not if the draft is April 26th or whatever, and like the at college football season ends April 24th. Like they're not, I don't think those guys would play. Yeah, I mean, I also just like the thing I also don't understand either is we don't know what the what the climate of the country is going to be in February. Yeah. Know, so like pushing it back yeah. and putting, you know, so, but no, I, I do think that um, the way to go is our schedule and to play this year, if we can do it safely. And I, I think we solved the mystery there. That's another thing that urban says, solve the mystery. He does. Yeah. He said it one time. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? You're this, this is football. <laughs> I've never heard him say that before. He talked about but, it like the 2014 team. Like we solved the mystery. We figured it out. We won a national championship. And I was like, yeah, that might be a step too far there, Herbs, but I get it. You're like a uh, yeah. master motivator. Whatever worked. <laughs> good good for that. Yeah, yeah. No, he is a master motivator. Um, uh, one last thing before we go. I just want you to know that um, I was looking at some of the pictures on my phone, just like going through memory lane, and I took one picture from the Smithsonian when Ohio State played at Maryland four years ago, mm-hmm. and it was a picture of the old filet o fish container. Oh, yeah. I remember you and I went there. Yeah. Yeah, remember the fish? Yep. We also uh, slept in the basement of uh, Doug LaMaurice's sister's house that was fitted to be a children's play place, and that's where you and I spent the night. We watched Arizona play Oregon on ESPN. Yeah, and we also wrote stories about Dwayne Haskins after watching a football. That's right. And play high school football. And now he's in the NFL playing for D.C., and we might not have a football. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, This this was intended to be a short uh, podcast, so... uh, Apologies for it not being that short. Apologies to John Hayes, our producer, who has to put this together and make it sound good and, and publish it for you guys to hear. But uh, we thought it was important enough. There was enough going on that we we should have talked a little bit about it rather than wait till next week to get into it. So we'll be back uh, next week, early next week, with our normal show. And as we move forward toward a season, who knows what's going to happen? I'm sure we'll be prompted to do more of these um impromptu kind of emergency shows too but at least expect one from us a week you got two this week we appreciate you guys listening uh, again we'll ask you if you could please subscribe rate and review wherever you find podcasts apple spotify wherever um subscribe to the athletic the athletic.com slash four dash six gets you 40 percent off we always appreciate that thank you so much for supporting what we do thank you so much for listening to four to six with a and b for ari i'm bill and we'll catch you guys next week